surprise And when it flowed down from the cross My sins were gone My sins forgot There is a grave That tried to hide This precious blood Three days he breathed again and rose to stand in my defense. So I come to tell you he's alive, to tell you that he drives every tear that falls. So I
Welcome to Pearl Family Church. At Pearl Family Church, we're here to help you, guide you into everything that God has created you to be. In Matthew 13, 45-46, in the Weymouth translation, it states, The kingdom of heavens is like a jewel merchant who is in quest for choice pearls. He finds one most costly pearl. He goes away, and though cost all he has, he buys it. Jesus is the one who redeems you. He purchased you for your freedom. And he is good to you all the time. I'd like to uh, highlight some of our songs today. Oh, the blood by the I worship team. It says, oh, the blood of Jesus washes me. What a sacrifice that saved my life. Yes, the blood is my victory. You can say that too today. Yes, the blood is my victory. This blood by also the I worship team, featuring Rita Springer and Anthony Skinner, it says, there's a blood that cost a life. Paid my way, death its price. This precious blood that gave me life. In three days, he breathed again. Rose to stand in my defense. He's our defender once we say yes to Jesus Christ. So the chorus says, so I come to tell you he's alive. So I come, this life, this price, this blood, this one, Jesus. And let's that liquid glory flow. Once you say yes to Jesus, there is a glory filling inside you. And it lets the liquid glory flow. Because it lives, it lives, Jesus lives still in me. To make me whole. I owe my life. I owe my all. This life. This price. This blood. This one. Jesus. 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 Nothing but the cross. By virtual reality. Many people have a different time stomaching. The necessity of the blood of the cross. Through Jesus Christ. But it's based on Hebrews 9.22. It says with. Out the shedding of blood, there can be no forgiveness or remission of sins. So once again, nothing but the blood by Poppin Productions. It's set in the old Tim time, in the old hymn, nothing but the blood. It says, what can make me whole again? Nothing. Say nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, no other. Say no other fount I know. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Jesus is our all. He, he died once for all for our sins. Went behind the veil so we can, are declared holy, perfect, and guiltless. We're going to take communion today. So go ahead and gather some elements. When you take a break, get you some juice and some bread. And we'll have communion after the service today. We have a new store tab. We'll go ahead and pull that up for you. It shows our store resources and the things that we offer now. It has the, the my wife's book, I Want to Witness What I Say, but also you can download the blood series at the, today, The Power of the Blood of Jesus by Mark Hankins. It has the link to our podcast and then future resources when we have time to put those in. Now it's time to worship with our giving. We worship him with our heart, and this is another type of heart worship. 
We love Jesus with our money, and he'll never let us down. He freely gives us all things to enjoy. Jacob described, in, uh, as he gave his pledge to the Lord in Genesis 28, he says, Jacob vowed a vow to God and said, If you'll be with me, and you'll keep me in this way that I go, you will give me bread to eat and raiment to put on. So basically food and clothing. If God, you'll be with me, you'll supply the food and clothing so that I may again come to my father's house in peace. Then shall the Lord be my God. And this stone that he's basically setting a testimony, which I have set for thee this a pillar, shall be God's house. And for all that shall be, I'll surely give a tenth unto thee. So there's part of the tenth story of the tithe that Jacob has pledged to do. He's going to go get his bride at Laban's house. But he says, if you'll be with me to give me food and clothing, I'll pledge a tenth of everything that I get. And he was prosperous. Uh, as we know, he became Israel. Malachi 3.10, says, Bring all, say all, the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in my house, and prove me therewith, to save the Lord of hosts, if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing. There it is again that thou shalt be, you won't have room enough to contain it. So God says, if you give me your, your heart worship in your, in your money, I will give you a blessing that you won't have a room enough to contain it. 1 Timothy 17 through 18 in the Passion Translation says, the pastors who lead the church should be well paid. They should receive double honor for faithfully preaching and teaching the revelation of the word for God. For the scriptures have taught, thou shalt do not muzzle the ox or forbid it to eat while it grinds the grain. Also, the one who labors deserves his wages. What that means is a pastor not only preaches on Sunday, Wednesday, whatever it may be, he is out there serving constantly in the trenches, praying for you, serving the needs, visiting the sick, all kinds of things that are in the background that you never see. So he's worthy. The pastor is worthy of it. So pay your tithe so we'll be able to keep keep God's gospel message to those who may be able to hear it. Paul goes on further and says in 1 Corinthians 9, 13 through 14 in the, in the New Living Bible, he says, don't you realize that God is working in his temple to take care of those own needs for those that have brought their gifts to him? So basically he's saying, in the Old Testament, the priest took partook of the tithes and offerings in order to support the ministry. And we go down to Haggai 2.8 in the New King James Version. Jesus basically owns all the treasure in the world. So the silver is mine, the gold is mine, says the Lord of hosts. So basically returning the tithe helps God remember that he is the owner of everything. He says the earth is the Lord's in all its fullness and the world world, those who dwell it therein. So basically, it also says that he owns a cattle on a thousand hills. And once again, when you give, it's going to come, come back to you. Luke 6, 38 says, give, say give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Everybody likes that running over. Men shall give into your bosom. So with the same measure that you give, the same shall be measured to you again. So you don't sow junk, you won't, you'll get junk. So let them shout for joy and be glad that favor that favor my righteous cause. Think about that. Let you be joyful in your giving. Let you shout before joy and be glad that favor the righteous cause of those who are serving in ministry. 
Yea, let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified, which has pleasure, say pleasure, in the prosperity of his servants. So he enjoys pleasingly to prosper his children, especially those who are serving ministries. So we're going to show you the financial confessions link, which basically give you a testimony every day when you're pledging your tithe, when you're paying your bills or whatever you're doing. God will make you prosperous when you heed to the word. David said, uh, how shall I can't man keep his way pure? And he goes that aha moment by keeping according to thy word with all my heart. I have sought thee. Do not let me wander from thy commandments, which is thy word so that I might not sin against you. So it is the proper precepts. It is the proper love letter that God has given us. And he promises to bless us when we give into his kingdom for his righteous cause. So we're going to pop up the new give page. It shows some of our fruit bearing ministries that we give there. And then if you're ready to give, tap the secure give tab that will pull up for you. There's actually two new ways to give. One, of course, through the PayPal tab that we have, and it'll be on there a separate link in the drop-down menu. And second, we also have the Zelly app that you can download, which is basically through your bank. It has a ability to not charge us a penny and not charge you a penny. So you get in the process of pushing that money through whatever your gross amount is from your paycheck, and you give your 10% of that. So what happens with the PayPal, it charges us 2.9% of whatever you give and 30 cents for every transaction. With the Zelly app, which you can bring up that tab, you can see the difference that it can basically, it gives straight the money to the ministry so it can fund the whole righteous cause of a pastor and the ministry people that we support of those eight or more that we support and we're going to get more. Uh, like Providence and his farm and, and some of these churches to fund the gospel, to get it out there where people still need the Lord. So when you're doing that, you know, I've got the slides available to show you. You can either give to Mark, which is Mark Hankett's ministry, our guest preacher on the power of the blood of Jesus. And you can use, put in Mark there. We'll send it to him to get the, the, the funding if you want to above your tithe to send that to the guest preacher. And then also you can do that in PayPal. Just highlight that. Or if it's just tithe and put in the amount. Also, what's interesting is that we provide every resource that we have available to you when we're preaching the messages. You'll have an interactive uh, PDF that you can click the links to go on to further links. In this case, I'm giving you an example. We'll pull that up now.
family resources help under the who we are page when you click that visit tab it'll send you to that pdf and for example when you click the first pdf on the spiritual gift survey it pops up that web page so you can find out more better how the guy can serve you through your spiritual giftedness and you can take that little survey there that's just one of the resources that we have to be make you more effective in God's service, but also to bring you a greater joy. There's no greater joy. It says the gifts and callings are without repentance, which means when he's gifted you to do something, he, you're, there's no greater joy to do that type of ministry that he's gifted you with, and also the fivefold office of being a pastor, teacher, evangelist, prophet, or evangelist. So, so that's one way you can, you, we've given you resources from the family resources page, and there's a bunch of things in there like uh, military help and how to have intimacy in marriage. So you could use that at your time. So I'd like to now go ahead and highlight my wife. We're doing this series on the power of the blood of Jesus. She's used some quite a few evangelistic icebreakers to key into the color of the blood. So let's listen to that now on the power of the blood using the evangelism icebreakers. Here's an icebreaker. This ketchup or jam or salad dressing reminds me of the blood of Jesus Christ. Jesus suffered on the cross and paid the price for our sins and thus reconciled us back to him. And that's how much he loves you. This and many other icebreakers are in my book called I Want to Witness, But What Do I Say? Along with Truth to Say to 13 False Religions. So go to the Pearl Family Church store and buy my book because Jesus is coming soon. So when I started years ago of studying Blood Covenant in 2010, when I attended my first Bible college, and the blessing that brings from blood, you'll see Mark Hankins said, the blood brings blessing. Because if you understand the context, we are redeemed from the curse of all. Jesus died once for all. We don't have to do blood sacrifices anymore. It's no longer necessary because he died once for all now for our freedom, our salvation, our healing, and have mental peace. So he's taken away guilt and shame. So let's, let's highlight that a little bit. It cannot be separated from Old and New Testament where Jesus is the fulfillment of the law for our sin state through his precious blood. There'll be several highlighting uh, I'll be doing with uh, Mark Hankins' book, and we'll go ahead. We could actually bring that up now. It is The Bloodline of a Champion by Mark Hankins, and I'll have that link available. But I'm going to use several quotes that he have that tie into personal testimony. This personal testimony I'm going to read is basically I'm personalizing what he has quoted. Possession with intent to distribute. Possession with intent to distribute. Mark Hankins has a police officer in his church that took him on patrol with him in the, in the drug area. And, and he actually had time with the police officer to make a drug bust with him. He, uh, the police officer caught two individuals with enough crack cane in a bottle not for their own personal use, but enough with intent to distribute that crack cocaine. So that basically shows that they're distributors of selling more crack cocaine. They had been charged with possession with intent to distribute. I understand that. Possession with intent to distribute. That's important. Therefore, I am guilty as charged. 
because I've been caught red-handed with the blood of Jesus Christ with intent to distribute the precious blood of Jesus Christ because it has been applied to every area, say every area of my life. When I, you have possession to intent with this year, but you ought to say, I'm guilty. I'm guilty as charged with Jesus, not only his blood, I've been redeemed from the curse of the law. I've been caught so with so much faith in the blood of Jesus Christ that I was planning on distributing that precious blood story, that powerful blood story in Jesus' name. I was planning on winning souls and telling people about Jesus so that the faith in the blood of Jesus could be launched out, say launched out, of the atmosphere of sin in death into the presence of God. So that's our purpose, to bring the glory to other people. If we're glory containers, just like Peter said, we should have the intent to distribute the precious and powerful blood of Jesus to those lives who need it most so that they can be set free and that they can experience the love in the presence of God. We were redeemed not with silver and gold, but with the precious blood of Jesus, a lamb without spot and without blemish. 1 Peter 1, 18-19. A lot of Christians out there are out of position. Ephesians 2, 6 basically say we're seated with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So in multiple notes, when we say yes to Jesus Christ, it says we're co-heirs with Christ. We're seated with him in heavenly places so that we have the full access and arsenal just like Jesus did. That's how much he loves us. And we're not walking, if we're not walking in all the blood is purchased for them. So we're talking about Christians are way out of the context of understanding the precious and powerful blood of Jesus when they're not walking or seated in their authority in Jesus Christ and using their full potential in the blood of Jesus. As you draw near to God, take your position. Say, take your position. I'm going to do it today. Say, in Jesus and receive your inheritance. Boldly declare every day, I take my place in Christ. I take my position. Just like I'm caught red-handed guilty with the blood of Jesus Christ. You could say, also Paul said his testimony. He says, I'm crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not I, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. Christ liveth in me. In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. The devil can't do that. Send the devil packing. The precious blood of Jesus, the power of the blood of Jesus has redeemed you from the curse of the law. Christ hath redeemed you from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. And that's what he did. It's past tense. Galatians 3, 13. 1 Peter 1, 18 through 19 says, For as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things, as with silver and gold, from your vain conversation received by the tradition of your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. That should be our testimony every day. We don't have to worry about what's on the news. We don't have to worry about the latest uh, fit-in world with whatever's, you know, the latest iPhone or the latest movie or whatever the Avengers are doing. It doesn't matter. It says, when you seek Jesus, the author and finisher of your face, he's not only going to bless you. He said he promises to be with you. He sent that comforter, that counselor, that mighty God with you to be with you as you walk out your, your faith and love walk. So some may think that the blood needs to be skipped over in their salvation message. I disagree. It basically, however, the core of the blood is basically that continues to bring healing to our lives if we apply it properly. And we know that from Isaiah's context, Isaiah 53. 
It says, He was despised and rejected of men, the man of sorrows, acquainted with our grief. So he knows what's going on. He had pain. And we were hid as our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. So we did not acknowledge that he was despised. Verse 4. Surely, say, surely he has borne or taken upon our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we deemed him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. So we knew this. Also the Pharisees did. Verse 5. But he was wounded, say wounded, for our transgressions or our sins, okay? And he was bruised, brutally beaten for our iniquities. The chastisement, the brutal beating, was for our peace. If nothing was else, we have healing, we have everything that can appropriate. If it was nothing else, Jesus took a brutal beating for our peace. But there's more. It says, our peace was laid upon him, but with his stripes we are, say we are healed. So the brutal beating for our peace. And here's where the blood comes in. And with his stripes we are healed in our body, in our mind, in our spirit. So there's there it is right there. I'm gonna I have a link in the end here. If you remember the Passion of the Christ that came out, I think in 2004 with Mel Gibson, it's in Latin and Aramaic, where Jesus was at the whipping post, and they beat him so brutally that there was blood spilt everywhere. I have that on my computers ever since I started studying Blood Covenant back in 2010. I had a, a conviction, if you will, to honor the blood. If that blood is so precious, I want to have a view of it every day. So some people squeamish at the blood, but I have that link if you want to see that, that uh, JPEG from the movie where he's at the whipping post. And I actually have it on most of my computers as a reminder how precious the blood is. If it's for our healing and for our life, he died once for all. It's worthy of our attention to honor. So I decided, like I said, put it on my own personal cues and it's still there today. So we should not be ashamed of whatever the precious blood of Christ, which is in the gospel. It says in Romans 1, 16 through 17, it says, I am not, see, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power, say the power, unto God to salvation to everyone that believeth. To the Jew first and to the Greek, for therein, therein, say therein, is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as is written, the just shall live by faith. So we have faith in the blood. We have faith in its power. We have faith that has only need to be done once, and it has been done. And Jesus is seated at the at the throne of God, mediator. It says he's in the go-between and praying and singing over us. That's how much he loves us. So it's our job that, to pick up the mantle, honor the blood of Jesus, and go forth as ambassadors of Jesus Christ, taking our stand. The Bible said his sacrifice was sufficient in God's eyes. When God on the top of it all said he raised Jesus from the dead. So not only did that, he raised Jesus, but he also raised us today. And we're going to get a little bit into that. Hebrews 10, 10 through 14 says, By which we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus once for all. There it is again. That every priest that standeth daily ministering offers oftentimes the same sacrifices. So that means continual sacrifices. We don't have to do that anymore which can never, say never, take away sins. So there was the problem, the issue. But this man, talking about Jesus, after he had offered one sacrifice for the sins forever, say forever, sat down at the right hand of God, 
from henceforth expecting till his enemies be made his footstool for what a one offering he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified. So what does that say? We should have joy in that right now. Jesus has perfected us through the precious blood he has spilt and we have we have redemption quality. We are co-heirs with Christ. We should have a happy dance because he has done it for us. Only thing he's asking us to do, go reach one, go reach two, go get those out there and, and, and tell them about the precious and powerful blood of Jesus and let them become glory tenders. Let them decide whether it's valuable or precious and that they can experience the presence of God. Revelation 1.5 talks about that when Jesus went behind the veil, he, he conquered sin. He only went, did that once for all. We don't have to, we can enter into the Holy of Holies. Revelations 1, 5 through 6, and from Jesus Christ, who is, say who is, the faithful, you could say faithful living witness, which would be true, and the first begotten of the dead, and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood, his own blood, not a calf, not a lamb, and hath made us kings and priests unto God and to his Father. To him be the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. So he's done it once for all to make you a king and a priest with his precious blood. That's how valuable you are. You are now royalty in the kingdom of God. So it's, take, it's, it's, it's time to honor the blood of Jesus Christ, the power of the blood of Jesus, one through four. Take time to listen it over and over. Like I said, I've given you that audio version that you can pull down in our store tab. The link will be available in here so you can listen on because faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You've got to continue to recharge your battery to be effective. You shouldn't whimper and buckle under the power of the blood of Jesus because it is powerful. He has given you the lifeblood of himself in order that you may live and you may live victoriously. Over and over, listen to it till it becomes a part of you. And you can take that part of Christ and experience that you may be richly blessed as you continue, say continue, to partake of God's goodness through the ministry. So of Mark Hankins, he's taken time to break down this in bite-sized pieces so we can understand it. So you may have to go over and over and over and over again. Once again, Galatians 2, 20 through 21, it says, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. Christ liveth in me. Christ liveth in me. In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not frustrate the grace of God, for it if righteousness come by the law, then Christ died in vain. So we don't go back to the Old Testament law. We don't have to go do blood sacrifices over and over. It says Jesus died once for all. So if we go back to that old way of worship, Jesus says, I can't honor that. I've died once for all. I'm mediating for you right now at, at, in front of the Father because I've already applied the blood. You've been cleansed. You've been sanctified. Now swath in your newness of life. Paul says... Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature, new creature, new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things should become new. So when we walk in that newness of life, we're actually honoring the blood. We're actually living in tune, living in step, if you will, with Jesus Christ.
And once again, the bloodline of the champion, that's the book of the context. A lot of these quotes that you'll hear that you can order the book through Mark Hankins. We'll go ahead and bring that link up now. That's what you need to tune into. But So let's listen and tune in. The Power of the Blood of Jesus by Mark Hankins. MarkHankins.org. Listen in now and learn more about how precious and powerful you with the blood of Jesus. Amen. We're going to talk about the blood of Jesus, faith in the blood. So I want you to turn to 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 18 and 19. And uh, uh, felt impressed today to talk about the blood of Jesus. Uh, there is a protocol in the realm of glory. I said there is a protocol in the realm of glory. There is a protocol in the realm of glory, in the realm of God. The protocol is is when the blood is honored. When the blood is honored. When the blood is honored. When the blood of Jesus is honored, then the Holy Spirit works. And when the blood is honored, that blood literally will put you on the fast track to access into the holiest, into the realm of glory. Fast track simply means if you've ever been to the airport and you got a ticket that said pre-approved. Pre-approved. That means when you're going through security, if you have been pre-approved, you can pass up a whole lot of people real fast. You just walk right on by them. There may be a hundred people in line. Come on, or if you got a first class ticket, I just smile just a little bit to myself when you pass up about 200 people in line because you happen to get in the first class line. Because of the blood of Jesus, you've been given a first class righteousness. And you have been pre-approved for access into the holiest. And you don't have to wait in line while everybody else is trying to figure things out. You just apply the blood and it'll take you right into the realm of glory. Come on, it won't even take you 15 minutes. Somebody ought to get happy already. Amen. To honor the blood. So we're going to read several of these scriptures here. First of all, First Peter chapter 1 and verse 18 and 19. It says, For as much as you know you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. Praise the Lord. He said, You were redeemed with the precious blood. Everybody say the precious blood. Praise the Lord. The precious blood. Amen. That blood is precious and valuable, especially in the world that we live in today. It becomes more valuable, more precious as you realize what's happening in the unseen realm and the seen realm and in our world in these last days. The power of the blood of Jesus. We ought to talk about it more, sing about it more. Amen. Sing about it at your house. Amen. Lift your voice and declare the power of that blood in your life because that blood is precious. He said, and it comes from the Lamb of God, the blood of of the lamb and he said in that blood and that lamb here he says was without blemish and without spot 
What does that mean? That Jesus was the perfect sacrifice without blemish and without spot. In other words, he is the faultless, perfect sacrifice. So that when the worshipers went to worship, that the priest did not examine the worshiper. He examined the lamb. If the sacrifice was perfect, the worshiper was accepted on the condition of the sacrifice. So not only is Jesus the perfect, spotless, without blemish, faultless lamb of God, but you are given that same identical condition because of his blood. You can go right into the holiest without a sense of fault and shame, without blemish. And you come in because of the blood of the lamb. Glory to God. Amen. So jump over to Colossians chapter 1 and verse 20. I'm telling you, um, so many great scriptures here. We'll do our best to cover as many of them as we can. Colossians chapter 1, verse 20 through 22. Colossians 1, 20 through 22. And it says this. For having made peace through the blood of his cross by him to reconcile all things unto himself by him, I say, whether things in the earth or things in heaven. And you that were sometime alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now hath he reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy, unblameable, and unreprovable in his sight. All right, let's try that one more time because that's just... That is just amazing. I said, that is just amazing. Let's go over one more time. Praise the Lord. He says, through the blood of his cross, he said that you once were enemies, but now you have been reconciled, restored, number one, to fellowship with God and restored to the favor of God. And he said, and that you've been restored through the blood of the lamb. He said, and through what Jesus has done on the cross, through the blood of his cross, praise the Lord. And the purpose of that was to present you holy, unblameable and unreprovable in his sight. Other translations say in his presence, that you stand there before him with nothing he can even find against you. Not one blemish, not one fault. Unreprovable simply means he didn't bring you in there to whip you, come on or correct you. He kisses you, come by the blood. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank God for the blood. Uh, the, another translation of the Living Bible says, and now Christ has brought you into the very presence of God and you're standing there before him with nothing left against you. Amen. Nothing he could even chide you for. No accusation. You say, how'd you get in there? You come by the blood of Jesus. Praise the Lord. Can you say praise the Lord? Praise Can you say praise the Lord? Praise Woo! Thank God for the blood. Thank God for the blood. All right, now jump over to, um, let's see, uh, Romans 3. We always use that, so might as well look at this real quickly here. Romans chapter 3, because in Romans 3, verse 21 through 27, he's talking about faith, and he's talking about righteousness. And he says this, Romans 3, 21. He says, but now the righteousness of God without the law is manifest being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ unto all and upon all them that believe there is no difference for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Verse 24, being justified 
freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God has set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God to declare, I say at this time, his righteousness that he, God, is righteous and he is a righteousness of the justifier of whoever believes in Jesus. Anybody here believe in Jesus? He says, verse 27, so where is boasting then? It is excluded by what law of works? No, but by the law of faith. In other words, he said, because all of us come in the same condition, that there's really nothing any of us can brag about because we're better than somebody else. He said, the law of faith actually removes boasting because it puts your faith and dependency Totally on the blood of Jesus. And whether you've been saved one month or one year or 30 years or 40 years or 50 years, when you come to God, you come by the blood of Jesus and his blood alone. That's what qualifies you. Praise the Lord. That means, come on now, nobody has greater access into the presence of God than you do when you come by faith in the blood of Jesus. How many of y'all have any faith in the blood? You got confidence in the blood. Amen. So when he talks about faith in the blood of Jesus, faith is based on two things. Number one, it's based on knowledge. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. That means if you're ignorant, if you just don't know, then you really can't have faith. Faith begins where the will of God is known. So there must be knowledge. And uh, Andrew Murray said must be accurate knowledge because if your knowledge is not accurate, then your expectation and your faith would be little. So he says to have faith in the blood, you must have accurate knowledge. Accurate knowledge. You could say it this way. Every breakthrough in faith comes from a breakthrough in revelation knowledge. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. I was listening to some of Dad Hagen's stuff I listen to all the time. And uh, I still learn something every time. And so he's talking about faith. And he said, you know, back in those days, the Lord told him, go teach my people faith. Go teach. And so, so he just did that and even told the Lord it wouldn't work, but it seemed to work pretty well. But he said, go teach my people faith. So he would teach and explain faith in, in, in very simple form. Actually, actually, Dad Hagen said this. He said, the Lord told him, he said, you'll notice all my sermons were very simple. He said, if you hear anybody preaching anything too complicated, you know they didn't get it from me. Don't look at nobody right now, but say, keep it simple, would you? Keep it simple. <laughs> keep it simple, right? And so he said, oh, my sermon's very simple. So Dad Hagen's teaching on faith was so simple. Actually, what Jesus taught is so simple that you actually need a theologian to get confused about it. He said, anybody can get this. How many of y'all glad he got it on our level? Anybody can get this. Amen. So, Dad Hagen said this, people sometimes wanted to receive healing or they needed a miracle in some area of their life. And so, they would come and feel like they had a shortage of faith or their faith wasn't strong enough. And he said, no, really, it's not faith that you need. It's knowledge of the Word of God that you need because faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Are y'all still here? In other words, you say, Father God, I'm asking you to give me spirit of wisdom, revelation, knowledge of God. Now, here's the example that I like to use because I love the story of Chuck Yeager, you know, who broke the sound barrier, 1947. And uh, we go to West Virginia, big sign up, you know, that says Chuck Yeager's born here and this is where, where he's from. So he's the first man to break the sound barrier as far as we know, unless Elijah did it when he was running and it started to rain. So, so to, to break the sound barrier would be... Well, <laughs> Going about 700 miles an hour, they call that Mach 1. 
Well, nobody had ever done that before. So 1947, you know, our, America's in a in a uh, a uh, race for outer space, you know, and for power, uh, weapons, you know, with the Soviet Union to keep our world free. Amen. So you got to have those weapons because we live in a dangerous world. So, so you don't want anybody to get the edge on you. Come on, when it comes to weaponry. Matter of fact, all you got to do is bring up a couple of them that you have and they give you more respect. So, uh, in the, in the space race, then the, that's the, one of the first challenges is uh, to break the sound barrier. Well, nobody had ever done it before, so everybody was afraid of it. They're all afraid, and they're, they, they try to figure out what's going to happen. Nobody's ever done this. Matter of fact, they thought it was impossible to do. They thought if you did do it, then actually you would uh, explode, disintegrate, because they're just afraid of it, called the great unknown. And so uh, Chuck Yeager, you probably know the story. I've talked about it before. And they'd take him up in the X-1, drop him out. He'd get up to 600 miles an hour, 650. And that little X-1, that would start to rattle and shake and vibrate so much that he'd have to back off and go land. And so they did that several times. And every time they'd land, they would make some adjustments. And when they would make those adjustments, then they'd go try it again. Get up to 650, get up close to 700. That thing, boy, just feel like it's going to explode. So he'd have to stop and land. Well, the day that he broke the sound barrier, he refused to back off. He said, no, today's the day. And so uh, he, he pushed <laughs> a little bit further, went over 700 miles an hour, Mach 1, and broke what would be called the sound barrier, which had never been broken before. Well, they thought it was an explosion. They thought he was dead, and he comes circling back around. Well, I want you to get what he said, because I thought this was very interesting. He said, um, breaking the sound barrier on Mach 1, he said, um, it was like sipping lemonade on the front porch. He said it was like sitting in a rocking chair, like driving on a perfectly paved speedway, going Mach 1. All the other pilots are like, they wouldn't even try it. But he said our real barrier was not in the sky. He said our real barrier was in the knowledge of supersonic flight. Let's try this over here one more time. Come on. A lot of times what we think is our barrier is not our real barrier. He said the real barrier that we broke was knowledge of Mach 1 supersonic flight. Because once you get Mach 1, he's come on, wasn't just a few months later and he hit Mach 2. Well, it never even been done before in hundreds of years. But once he got Mach 1, then he went Mach 2. Come on, then they went Mach 3. And today they'll go Mach 10. I mean, that's faster than Andy ran to get my books. <laughs> he was moving, though. So, <laughs> praise the Lord. How many believe if you can have a breakthrough in revelation knowledge that if you can break that barrier and the Holy Spirit can show you things about the blood of Jesus? Yeah. Come, on. Come on, don't act like you know about it already. Come on. And your faith in that blood, come on, goes up to another level. Now the glory is going to increase because of your faith in the blood of Jesus. <laughs> I think you ought to laugh. Ha, ha, ha. 
No, because the devil is scared right now. Because when you see what the blood of Jesus has done, and you find out what the scriptures say that blood has done, and then you act on that word, come on, you have just been pre-approved for access right into the holy. And you can't go in there without knowing you went in there. You can't go in there and go, well, one more time, please. No, when you go into the holiest, by the blood, things are going to change. Ha, ha, ha. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank God for the blood. I said, thank God for the blood. Thank God for the blood. And he uses this terminology, faith in the blood. And so he says this, uh, faith in the blood. And Andrew Murray would say it this way, if your faith, uh, if your knowledge is not accurate, then your faith will not be strong. Your expectation be little. And so the greater results of the blood would be limited. In other words, our faith in the blood can grow through a breakthrough in knowledge. Number two is simply application of the blood. Application of the blood simply means this. Application, faith has two parts, one knowledge, two's application. Jesus said the first application of faith is your words are your voice. First, the initial act of faith is your faith must move your mouth or your voice. You have to lift your voice. In our household, my mama would be constantly applying the blood. I call it slinging blood everywhere. And if you knew my brothers and myself and my sister, you'd know why she was slinging blood everywhere. Preacher's kids have more trouble because they run around with deacon's kids. So I'm just telling you. My mama will be slinging blood. Come on, my dad and uh, uh, four deacons came, got me out of jail, you know, on Wednesday night after church, called my mama from the jail. You know, I said, come and get me. She said, where are you? I said, well, I'm in jail. She said, well, you know, it's Wednesday night. <laughs> we got church tonight. So she said, just prop up your feet and stay a while. Now, my mama believed in going to church, man. I mean. <laughs> I said, you better come get me out of here. So about midnight, my dad, four deacons came. And I had a real sense of lack of approval. <laughs> Which somehow didn't really affect me that much. The way I reacted to it was, I will burn your house down tomorrow night. I really only had one of the deacons in the elevator coming down the jail that said, Mark, he said, you're going to be all right. To this day, I'm 61 years old. I remember his voice and his word. Somebody in the middle of when it looks like you're a failure and you have made a mess. And if somebody has a voice of faith, they'll say, you're going to be all right. Come on, somebody remember that for the next 40 years that somebody said, I believe God. I believe in the power of the blood of Jesus. I surround you with faith and with hope and with love right now. Man, there's power in the blood. Mama, sling blood everywhere. Praise the Lord. Amen. I told you the story about when I brought my girlfriend home from high school, you know, and I don't want to say her name. She might, might watch this video sometimes. <laughs> man, boy, she was a doozy boy, I'm telling you, man. 
And so I, back in those days, I had the mini skirts, you know, boy, I brought her home and man, I brought her in the house and my mama said, I plead the blood of Jesus. <laughs> I said, but mama, I want her. I want her. My mom. <laughs> my girlfriend says, what'd your mama say? I said, nothing, nothing. There's something about it. You know. <laughs> so if people don't understand that, the blood of Jesus has many applications. And whether you know it or not, you wouldn't be alive today if it were not for the blood of Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank God for the blood. Slinging blood everywhere. In other words, Andrew Murray said the uh, sprinkling of the blood is the highest act of worship. The sprinkling of the blood is the highest act of worship. And that would be an Old Testament uh, picture, but it's still repeated in the New Testament by 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 2. He said, by the sprinkling of the blood and the sanctification of the Holy Spirit. Interesting, he would still use that term, and Paul uses it again in the book of Hebrews. Maybe we'll see that in just a second. The sprinkling of the blood. So if you wanted to worship God, not without blood. In other words, you had to honor the blood and make much of the blood. I think I heard Billy Brim say this. We were in a meeting with her not too long ago. She said, if you will make much of the blood, the blood will make much of you. Thank God for the blood. And so in heaven itself, God lives in constant view of the blood. God in heaven. In other words, that blood has done something in heaven. So God lives in constant view of the blood. Or you could say God constantly is conscious of the blood of Jesus. Right? So God lives in constant view. You and I should live in constant consciousness of the blood. And if your faith must have a word or confession or speaking for that faith to be working, then your confession of faith in the blood is going to be powerful. And Dad Hagen himself said, I hear a lot of teaching about faith and confession. He said, and I like the teaching about faith and the positive confession of faith. He said, I like that, but I've noticed many teachers have left the blood out. He said, don't just talk about your confession, but talk about the blood. You're going to have to get the blood in there. Revelation 12, 11 says, they overcame Satan by the blood of the lamb and the word of their confession of faith. In other words, put the blood in your confession of faith and have a bold confession of what the blood of Jesus has done for you, what that blood does in heaven, what that blood does in your heart, what that blood does over hell and over the devil. Come on, the moment you apply the blood of Jesus, the devil and demons have to stop in all of their strategy. Glory to God. Come on, I like to sling blood everywhere. In other words. Come on, your past, your present, your future. Come on, your family, your children, your marriage. You can plead the blood against your own feelings because it has sanctifying power. It's your confession of faith by the blood. Come on. Amen. And so, talking about the power of the blood, jump over to Hebrews chapter 9 just for time's sake, and we're going to look a little bit more about the blood. Hebrews 9 and verse 12 through 14. Y'all know these verses, don't you? Yes, you do. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 12, says, Neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood. By his own blood. 
Now, when you talk about the blood, come on now. Jesus' blood carries in it the antibodies. Because it was vaccinated. With every condition that you had, from sin to guilt to shame to sickness to poverty to lack, come on, to death itself. And the antibodies are flowing in his blood. The moment you apply that blood, you have just received the, the vaccine. Come on now. Or the, that will make you immune to the power of the poison that you have just been bitten with. Well, everybody else is expecting you to die because you got bit. You say, excuse me, but I have been vaccinated. Because that blood literally has a death in it. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. It has a death in it. It has a burial in it. Come on, it has a resurrection in it. It has a triumph in it. It has a righteousness in it. It has healing in it. It has righteousness in it. It has divine approval in it. It's all in the blood. Come on, it's all in the blood. If you just... Come on, your faith is in the blood. Your confidence, your expectation in the blood alone. Praise the Lord. Somebody ought to get happy already, man. Thank you, Lord, for the blood. Praise God. Precious blood of the Lamb. Amen. I love what Andrew Murray said. He said, to receive this blessing, nothing is necessary except faith in the blood. He said, the blood alone has done everything. Praise the Lord. To enjoy this blessing, nothing is necessary except faith in the blood. The blood alone has done everything. To enjoy this blessing. In other words, Christ has redeemed us so that we're blessed. But I was looking up the word blessed years ago. Got a big dictionary out. And the first definition of the word blessed said that word blessed comes from the root word for blood. And that definition of the word blessed simply means when the priest applied the blood in the holy place, he came out and always pronounced a blessing. I'm going to tell you this, but when you apply the blood, that's the reason you're blessed. Is your blood blessed? When you have faith in the blood, matter of fact, 1 Corinthians 10, 16 says, when you take this cup of blessing, that means when you take communion, come on, you drink that blood. That blood reaches on the inside of you so the Holy Spirit himself can live on the inside of you. The blood brings blessing, breaks the curse, blessed. Amen. So when you say, I'm blessed, throw this in. I'm blood blessed. I'm blessed because of the blood. Thank God for the blood. Come on, put it on the doorpost of your house. Come on, God said, when I see the blood, how do you do that? By faith, by lifting your voice, by singing about it, by talking about it. Come on, get the scriptures out and meditate on that word until there's a breakthrough in knowledge and understanding. And then you access all the provision, the blessing of the blood. Come on, I'm swinging blood everywhere. Glory to God. All right, let me finish. Hebrews 9, 12. Are you ready? Neither by the blood of goats and calves, but with his own blood. He entered in. Look, look at this. By his blood, he entered. 
and by his blood we enter. Neither by the blood of ghosts and cats, but with his own blood he entered in once, once, into where? The holy place. He entered in once. Whoo, my, my, my. I just don't even know if I can just keep going here. Now, I hadn't even got started yet. Man, you'll step right over pre-approved right into the realm of glory. Come on, there'll be angels all around you standing right there in the presence of God and calling him Father and expecting his best blessings. Thank God for the blood. Thank God for the blood. All right, let's finish reading this. He entered in once into the holy place. He entered in once into the holy place. Why does it say once over and over? One person, one sacrifice, once. Why does it say once over and over? Because Old Testament sacrifices were repeated time and time again because they were not working. They were not, uh, they could not produce what God was wanting to produce. So they were imperfect. Y'all still here? So he entered in how many times? Once. In other words, Jesus said, what I'm going to do, I'm going to do it right. I'm going to do it once. Come on, I'm going to have to come back down and fix nothing. He said, I'm going to do it once for all men. Come on, the blood has power in Africa and India. Come on, South America. Everywhere you go, the blood has power. He said, I, I, once and for all men. Once for all time and eternity. Glory to God. Once for who? For everybody. Come on. Once for all men. Once for how long? All time and eternity. Never has to be repeated. Once for what? Every problem. Every sickness. Every disease. Every shame, every depression. Oh, if Robin Williams would have known about the blood of Jesus, then the torment, come on now, and the harassment and the depression of the devil, come on, that drove him to a suicide. Listen, if he had known about the blood, he would have said, I plead the blood. I'm applying the blood right now. Devil, in the name of Jesus, by the blood, I break your power. Come on, but if you're silent, you're going to lose by default. Come on now. You can't just sit there and let the devil beat you up. You've got to start slinging blood everywhere. Come on. Because Jesus entered in once. Come on, God's already done everything he's going to do about your salvation, your healing, your deliverance, your blessing. You don't, need, you don't have to try to talk him into doing something. Now, you just need to receive what he's done for you. Have faith in the blood. Receive what he's done for you. Woo. All right, let's go again. Ready? Neither by the blood of ghosts and cats, but with his what? Own blood. Now, I love to sing that song. I'm a giver, I'm a giver, I'm a giver. I love that song. I really love that song. I love that song. I've been trying to teach it to Floyd. He's about to make some progress. <laughs> and, and I love that song. I mean, but I started thinking about it and I thought, 
You ain't no giver. You ain't no giver. We ought to just throw it in here. God's a giver. He's a giver. And I know you think you're a giver, but I'm telling you the biggest giver. You just need to know who the giver is. When you come to the throne of grace, one translation says you come to the throne of the giver. Come on, your father, God, every good and perfect gift comes down. In other words, he gives again and again. He gives you new mercies every morning. He gave you Jesus and Jesus gave his blood. He gave his life. Come on now. God, if he gave you Jesus, he'll freely give you what? Everything. You ought to start singing add a verse to that. He's a giver. He's a giver. Because he's a giver, I'm a giver. It runs in my blood. I said it's in my blood. You can't outgive God. He's the biggest giver. He's the greatest giver. Come on, he'll give you wisdom. He'll give you new strength. So the Lord told me, he said, the biggest giver is still here. I said, I'd like to know who it is. The Lord said, it's me. You know, the rich guy left my church years ago. I got depressed. Sitting in my office, the Lord said, the biggest giver is still here. I said, I'd like to know who it is, man. I saw the, the deposits. The Lord said, it's me. He said, as long as I'm here, you'll never lack. So instead of thinking about the rich man that left the church, I started thinking about, whoo, the biggest giver is still here. Come on, let me talk to you, man. I said, the biggest giver is still here. Come on, get your eyes on the Lord. He's the biggest giver. If he gave you Jesus, he'll freely give you everything. He's the biggest giver. Come on now. You can't even hang around him without him giving you something. Oh, my, my, my. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. After the rich guy left our church, our finances went from 10000 a week to 70000 a week. I got up and asked if anybody else wanted to leave. <laughs> Go ahead and laugh a few minutes. Ha-ha. Come on, your source is not man. Come on now, your source is God. And you have been pre-approved to receive his best blessing. So receive your healing. Receive his mercy. Receive his goodness. Receive his grace. His mercies are new every morning. He's the source of your supply. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I do not lack for anything. Come on, my daddy is the biggest giver. I have favor with the biggest giver. Woo! Ha ha. Come on, your strength is coming forth right now. I said your strength is coming forth right now. Your healing is coming forth right now. Receive it. Woo! Come on, sling blood everywhere. I plead the blood. I plead the blood. I'm redeemed by the blood. I'm blessed because of the blood. I overcome because of the blood. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Come on, you just hit the fast track. 
access right into the holiest. Sit back down just for a minute. Praise the Lord. Woo! Ha, ha. I've got to finish just that verse. I mean, Hebrews 9, 12. Hallelujah. With his own blood, he entered in what? Once. Come on, years ago I studied Hebrews 9 and 10, you know, and that word one, 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 once, once kept standing out. And I went once, once, once. And so the Lord said, he talked to me like this. He said, if the devil gives you any trouble, you read him a bedtime story. I said, what? He said, you tell him once upon a time. Once upon a time, 2,000 years ago, God was manifest in the flesh. And Jesus, the Lamb of God, come on now, gave his life for me. His blood was shed to redeem my life. Let me tell you a bedtime story. <laughs> hey, glory. Come on, once for every blessing, once for all time and eternity. The Lord said, tell him a bedtime story and rock him to sleep. Bam, hit him in the head with a rock. <laughs> Go ahead and laugh. Ha, ha, ha. Come on, if you'll get thrilled with the word, it'll work for you better. It'll work for you faster. Thank you, Lord, for the blood. Ha, ha, ha. Come on, you got blood on your mind right now, over your thoughts, over your emotions. Blood, come on now. Blood over your body. By his stripes you were healed. Come on, blood over your future. There's blood over your children right now. There's blood over your family right now. There's blood over your finances right now. There's blood right now. You're blessed because of the blood. You cannot curse what God has blessed. Don't let nobody try to curse you. God has blessed you. I said God has blessed you. You're blood blessed. There ain't no curse going to work on you. Go ahead and laugh. Ha, ha, ha. All right, sit down. Okay, let me try to finish. Ha, ha, ha. Ha ha! Oh, the blood! The blood! I see the blood! Oh, I see the blood! I see the blood! He said, When I see the blood! I see the blood! I see the blood! Glory! I see the blood! Come on now. Right where you're at, there's blood on your house. There's blood in your living room. There's blood in your life. Blood over your health. Right now, lift your voice. I plead the blood. I'm redeemed by the blood. Woo! No weapon formed against you will prosper. Because of the blood. Ha, ha, ha. Come on, they're singing about it in heaven right now. Come on, from every nation, every language, every tribe. Come on, redeemed by the blood. That's the song of heaven. I said, that's the song of heaven. Redeemed by the blood. 
Come on, my daddy, my mama. Come on, your daddy, your mama, your grandpa, your friend in heaven right now. Come on, while you're in the glory, they're saying, oh, the blood. Oh, it's the blood. The whole family in heaven and in earth. Glory to God. Shout glory. Glory. Woo. Ha, ha, ha. You ought to just laugh in the face of the devil. Say, devil, you're a liar. Ha, 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 ha. Ha, ha. Ha. Ha, ha. Come on, the devil say, how you feeling? How you feeling? He say, hold it, hold it. Oh, I don't go by my feeling. I walk by faith and not by sight. And my faith is in the blood right now. Oh, my faith is in the blood right now. Hallelujah. Glory to God. 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 Glory, glory. He obtained all eternal redemption for us with his blood. With his blood. Ha, 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 ha. Come on over your money, over your finances. I said over your money, over your finances. Come on, the devil will try to attack your finances to try to keep you from being effective. Come on and being a witness of the goodness of God. You say, I plead the blood of Jesus right now. Devil, take your hands off my money. Oh, the money will come. Money's moving. The blessing of the Lord, it includes your finances. Plead the blood. Apply the blood. Come on over your body and your health right now. Come on, you feel something going on in your body. You say, I plead the blood by the stripes of Jesus. Woo! If you knew, come on now, in the ages to come. Come on, not just in this life. But that in the ages to come, he will show the exceeding riches of his goodness and his kindness for the next trillion, billion, billion, million, trillion years because of the blood of Jesus. If you knew anything about your future, come on now. It hadn't even really started till after your funeral. You say, no, this is the end. No, baby, that ain't the end. (laughs) Come on, you say, it's over, it's over. It ain't over for the Christian when you're redeemed by the blood, baby. Something has just started. Come on, death has lost its victory. Grave has lost its sting. Come on now. By the blood of Jesus. Woo! 
Come on, get that sad look off of your face and say, I'm redeemed by the blood. Ha, 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 ha. They say there are about 4,200 known religions in the world. Because I live in America or whatever, I'm stuck with this one. I'm so sick of hearing it. If you ask me what one word could sum up who I was, poor. I constantly spend all of my good on covering up my bad. Secretive, ashamed, malicious, selfish. I couldn't trust anyone or anything so I couldn't be trusted. Sin. All the times that I had been less than perfect, from the inside out it eats me and it eats at me. It craves me and I crave it back. Most of the dirt in me was made up of every time I secretly wished someone who hurt me would be hurt back. The other half made up of the constant anxiety of, is this me alive or is this me pretending to be alive? It makes me unsure of what real life even is anymore. So religion, church, God even, what does it matter? We're all just here, living our days on repeat. Everybody looking around. Nobody looking around for a moment. Judging the dirt of others. If you look closely, this is the sum of the life I've been living. If you look at it all, what's it worth? What do I have that could replace this and make me whole again? Nothing. No precious thing that I own or amount of goodness I could be or amount of money I could pay would be enough to make this pile of my truth valuable again. 4,200 known religions in the world, millions of gods. Why pick this one? Part one, the consequence of sin. Let's start at the beginning. A story you've probably heard before. Maybe even worn before. God makes the world and it is good. Sin enters the world and things get bad pretty quickly. Soon, it's in us, on us, and happening through us. The biggest telltale sign that something has gone terribly wrong? We've now gained an uncontrollable need to fix it, hide it, pay it to keep quiet. It's at this moment that we discover nothing in life is free. Every single broken and contaminated thing has traces of you, me, us. Part two, inadequate forms of payment. So, what's the cost of ruining God's good? Thousands of years ago, it cost the life of a perfect lamb. Thousands of years ago, you brought an innocent lamb to a priest in a temple to be slaughtered on behalf of your imperfections. That blood and that wasted lamb was a short-term payment and the very least you could do. One lamb for every sin every time, like clockwork. Now you're clean, but how long until your next sin? What happens when that lamb's innocence has been used and you sin again? Another lamb, and another lamb, and another, and another. It's here you recognize this. Your sin is expensive. You would think by now we'd be sorry enough to get it together. But that would just make us sorry, still guilty, 
and broken. Because remember, it's in us, on us, and happening through us. The real question is, what can make us whole again? We needed a reset, a reset so great even time itself would start back at zero and stop counting against us once and for all. Part three, expensive. While you and I were still sinning, a payment plan was being devised. Enter Jesus. He lived 33 years of perfection and then, you see, lamb blood could only last until the next time you were found unclean. Our sin was costly and a dead sheep wasn't worth a dead human, let alone a dead God. It was going to take a better kind of animal, the most precious of all animals, a spotless, intelligent, party-going, people-healing kind of animal, one who is fully human and fully God. What could make us whole again? It was going to take expensive blood. One dark day, 2,000 years ago, at a final meal with his closest friends. During a time of great political and social unrest, in a quiet room, in a random house, and as a last reminder that nothing is free, Jesus took bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and gave it to them, saying, this is my body, given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after the supper, he took the cup saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. Soon thereafter, the blood, body, and life of an innocent man, an innocent God, was tortured to death, beaten, stretched, tried by fire, and left for dead. For you, for me. Now what? What are we supposed to do about all of that? We killed him. Then we placed the corpse in a cave and walked away. The same way people leave a sporting event or get up from a good meal, onto the next insignificant part of our day, onto the next controversial act of society that will make for a jarring but brief media headline. But then, Something that has never happened before happens. 
Yeah, Jesus dies and for 71 hours it looks just like another end of the world scare to add to the 4,199 other known religions. Until he's back. He's here. He's alive. You see, me dead on an altar pays for nothing. Him dead on an altar paid for everything because death could not defeat him. My dead body declares that death wins. My dead body just makes me even with sin at best. His dead body brought back to life lavishes an undescribable love upon us, a love that terrifies our darkness, makes us whole and sets us completely free. We deserve to be sacrificed on an altar like a helpless sheep, yet instead he went he died and after three days passed God sealed our hope of eternity forever when Jesus rose from the dead when my sin said I've ruined you his blood says I'm here to redeem you when sin swallowed and controlled me his blood shouted let me set you free my sin said it's hopeless his blood shouts you have purpose my sin said anxiety and his blood roared peace my sin said lost forever his blood shouted let me let me guide you back home what can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make us whole again, born again, take us from enemies of God to made new and right with God again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. That is a story worth telling over and over, a life worth remembering and an invitation worth giving over and over, a hope worth clinging to day by day for centuries at a time. 4,200 known religions in the world, millions of gods. Why pick this one? Because it's the only one that picks you. And it's the only one that picked me. No matter what, no matter what price was demanded for our souls. Here are the facts. Our sin separates us from God, and yet from the beginning of time, God has always had a plan to bring us back to Him. Before we ever confessed our sins, before we ever said we need Him, while, while we, we were, were still, still sinning, sinning, Christ, Christ died, died for, for us. us. And it was not a fair trade at all. The clean one for the lives of us who are unclean. There was nothing we could give. There was nothing we could do to get ourselves back to God. We're never right with God because we're good. We're only made right with God because He is good. We're not made right with God by our good works. We're only made right with God by His grace. We needed a perfect sacrifice to go in our place. And that perfect sacrifice was Jesus. Who is, is Jesus? Jesus? He is the sinless Son of God. He is the Lamb of God, who was slain for the forgiveness of sins. Jesus came to earth. He lived a perfect life. He was obedient to his Father, even to death on the cross. It's so worth remembering. He died for us. He died in our place for the forgiveness of our sins. On the third day, Jesus was not there. He defeated death, sin, hell, and the grave for us. Why? So that anyone so that anyone, and this includes you, anyone who calls on the name of the Lord would be saved, forgiven, would have eternal life with God forever. He took our place. No other religion does that. I tended to think like every other world religion, that if I did enough good, then maybe God would love me. If I didn't do so many bad things, then maybe God would love me. But I didn't realize that Christianity, Christianity is different. different. 4,200 known religions in the world, millions and millions of gods, and yet one, 
one true God, the one true and living God saw us, saw us unable to rescue ourselves, came down from heaven, lived a perfect life, sacrificed that perfect life in order to come get us, in order to rescue us. Because of who he is, our only reasonable response is to give him our life. If that's you today, if you recognize you need Jesus. If you are saying for the first time, yes, I turn away from my sin, and Jesus, I choose you. I choose your great name. Listen, it's worth it because you don't become better. You become different. You become new. That's you today. If you are saying, yes, by faith, I give my life to Jesus, nobody looking around. If that's you today, raise your hands right now. Close enough to touch the video, a lamb slain on our behalf, the precious blood of Jesus. Jesus is the way. It says in John 14, 6, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No man come unto the Father but by me. Red letter editions. He's the absolute way, he's the absolute truth, and he's the absolute life. Romans 6, 23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is Jesus Christ through our Lord. Jesus is the Redeemer and the perfect sacrifice. There's no other substitute you can do to take away your sins. It says in Ephesians 1.7, in, in says, In whom, Jesus, we have redemption through his blood for the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. There it is, grace. He's graced you with a gift. 1 Peter 1.18-19, once again, For as much as you know, you were not redeemed with corruptible things, as with silver and gold. He purchased you, not from, with your, from your vain conversation, it's not an old tradition, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. He was the perfect sacrifice, perfect in every way. Revelation 5, 9. And they sung a new song. Thou art worthy to take the scroll or the book, and open the seals thereof. For thou hast been slain, and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood. Out of every kindred, and tongue, and people, and nation. So there's going to be all kinds of tribes, all kinds of ethnic groups in heaven, male and female, praising God for the precious blood, who is worthy, Jesus, the specific lamb, only one that entered through the veil, died once for all for us. So now we can be redeemed and rejoice with him in heaven. John 14, 6, once again, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man come unto the Father but by him. So Jesus is that go-between, that mediator between God and heaven, God and man. Once we receive Jesus Christ, he's sitting at the throne, mediating or the go-between in our behalf. It says there is one mediator between God and man, this man, Christ Jesus. So what is our active part? Romans 10, 9, and 10 says, If thou shalt confess with thy mouth and believe in thine heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart of man believeth unto righteousness, but with the con mouth confession is made unto salvation. So Jesus has already done his part. He's died once for all, spilt his blood. He's now raised to life at the right hand of God the Father, and he's seated in, in heaven, interceding in our behalf. He's just waiting for us to come home. He's done the sacrifice, so our part is to own up to what Jesus did. He paid that perfect 
Christ, that sacrifice for us, spilled his precious blood, the power of the blood of Jesus, the redemption qualities there. Now all you have to do is receive that grace gift. Receive that and say, yes, I want that. Yes, I want that. Say, we're going to pull up the raise hand tab. If you want to pray and tell, have Jesus come into your heart as Jesus, as your Lord and Savior, this is your time. This is your moment. So once again, there's a mouth part, there's a heart part. So you're just owning up to what your heart says and believing in the word that God raised Jesus from the dead. He died for your sins and you're taking ownership of the fact. I want to partake of that powerful, precious blood of Jesus that I can walk in newness of life and make Jesus as my Lord. You're made righteous according to Jesus. You are all that he has made you to be through his precious blood. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, For he hath made us to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him, through Jesus Christ. So that's the fact. We are partakers of his goodness. And let's, let's, let's get real about this. The revelation is about over 80% of the world is not blood conscious. They're thinking of other things. They're trapped in their mind, continue, counting the blood, not the counting the blood holy and precious. They're thinking of, you know, their inner, their inner self, trying to get themselves inner healed. That's not the way it goes. It says we in Isaiah 53, 3, 4, 5, that he, by his stripes, bloody stripes, we are healed. So we bring that into context. There's healing in every other life that we plead the blood of Jesus Christ. So now it's your turn. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 23 says, Rejoice everyone. This is, this is a good context. Rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Quench not the Spirit. So basically, don't disown the blood. Don't dishonor the blood, but so the Holy Spirit can't take partake of that. Despise not, prophesize, prove all things. Hold fast that which is good. Jesus is good through the blood of Jesus Christ. Abstain from all periods of evil, and the very God of peace shall sanctify you wholly, and pray that your whole the God that your whole spirit and soul be preserved blameless unto the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hebrews ten twenty nine. How much sore punish suppose you that you thought worthy, who thought trodden under the foot of God, to count the blood of the blood covenant, wherewith he was sanctified in a holy thing. And done despite the Spirit of God. So basically saying this, when you count the blood, unholy, and says, I ain't got time for that. I ain't got time for Jesus. So what? Jesus died on the cross. So what? He spilled every drop of his blood for me. So what? You count that an unholy, holy thing? It says the Spirit of grace can't come on to you. Just like I gave the example of the Holy Spirit, I honored the blood for over seven months and then continue to play that. CD series, The Power of Blood in My Car. I need that renewing of my spirit, that faith in the blood, so I can plead the blood over every area of my life. Jesus is God's gift to you. It says for by, in, in Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, for by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works or your own doing that any man should boast. So like I said, if you want to own up to own and, and pray to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord, Tap that raise hand button. So our active part is to line our mouth with our believing everything that God said in his word to be true. It's the precious blood of Jesus Christ that redeemed you, 
that purchased you, that can redeem your, your sin consciousness, free from guilt and shame, to bring that peace of God that passes all understanding that Paul talks about in Philippians 4. So what is this your moment? This is your time. We're going to pray to you. We're going to partner our heart with our mouth. We're going to own up to what Jesus has already done. So pray where you hear it. Pray where you hear it so you're owning up to it. I'm not doing this. You're doing this. The Holy Spirit will partner with you when you arm the blood of Jesus Christ and realize that he has raised you to life with his blood. And you can be raised to life with him as the Father raised him to life on the third day from the cross. He's seated in heavenly places for you, waiting for you right now to come home. So this is your time. This is your moment. So pray where you hear it. Pray where you hear it. Say, Heavenly Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. And I believe with all my heart that Jesus is the Son of God. Thank you for coming. Thank you for the gift of Jesus Christ to pay my sin stain. You are my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I now open the door of my heart. I open the door of my life. And Jesus, I invite you in. You are now my Lord and Savior. I'm now a child of God. And I'm heaven bound. And Jesus is my Lord. Fill me with your Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. If you said that prayer, I wanted to congratulate you. You made the best decisions of your life. You can tap that raise hand tab if you've done so right now. And we're going to high five you. If you need prayer, there's a prayer tab there also. And then you can hit the connect tab right there. It has a little link there, needhim.org. It'll lead you to more information on how to continue your walk with Jesus Christ. Go into the Who We Are page. It has those tons of resources, how to have a spiritual gifts analysis. There's a ton of resources that we work hard to get accurately for you so that you can grow in your faith walk and be the pearl of great worth that God wants you to be. There's a free Bible link there. We will give that tab for you. So hit the Connect tab. If you let us know how we're doing, you know, what's going on in worship, testimonies. We also have a blog at the end of the Hello World blog at the bottom of the page. You can shoot us a quick blog there, testimony. If you hit the connect tab, it'll send us an email. I need a prayer request, whatever may be going on, testimony. How can we do worship better? Uh, so that's what we did. So then gather your elements now. We talked about we're going to have communion today, the blood and the wine elements. And this is based, of course, in the New Testament. It's all in all three Gospels. Let's go ahead and start in the chapter John 6, 47 through 48. And this is red letter Jesus. He says, Verily, verily, or truly, I say to you, that he believeth on me hath, say hath, everlasting life. I am the bread of life. There's the bread. Your fathers did eat the manna in the wilderness, and they are now, what, dead, dead. This is the bread which cometh down from heaven. This is talking about Jesus. That a man may eat thereof and not die. There it is. He's giving you eternal life through the bread and body of Jesus Christ. I am the living bread which comes down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I give is my flesh, which I give for the life of the world. And the Jews therefore strove against themselves, and saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? Then Jesus said unto them as a response, He says, Once again, verily, verily, or truly, I say unto you, 
except that ye eat this flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, ye shall have no life in you. Interesting, huh? You partake of God's goodness in all that he is, he will give you eternal life. That's what he's saying. Whoso eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood hath, say hath or has, eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is meat indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. So it's talking about the life-giving elements in Jesus Christ. He hath eaten my flesh and drinketh my blood, dwelleth in me or dwelleth in me, and I am. So there's that oneness. When you say yes to Jesus Christ, you are now a partaker of his goodness. You are in the family of God. The Holy Spirit deposits in you, and he dwells in you, and you're him. Yeah, his spirit is one with you. As the living Father has sent me, I live by the Father. So Jesus takes these commands from the Father. So he that eateth me even shall live by me. So we are taking the same command, sup, if you will, the supper. By doing this, this is the bread that which came down from heaven, from heaven, talking about Jesus now, not as your fathers did eat manna, and now are dead. He's reconfirming some things here. That he that eateth of this bread, this bread, Jesus, he says, talking about communion, these elements, represents Jesus, shall live forever. Shall live forever. That's a truth. That's a truth. So you're taking partaking of his goodness by taking the blood and the bread as elements. It is an example of his goodness. It is an example of his love. And we're to do this in remembrance of him. Let's take a look at Ephesians 2.6. We've quoted it several times through here. Let's go ahead and read it word for word verbatim. It says, And he hath raised us up together and made us and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. In 2 Corinthians 5.17, we should all know that. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new key creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. So when you partake of his goodness, this is one way to remember, in, 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 in God's goodness, he dwells in you and you in him, and you're partaking of the bread and the blood. When the flesh and blood is used of Jesus, it designates his whole person. That's what he's trying to say here. He says the, the, the Old Testament, the fathers, he ate man and now are dead. But when you take on the whole person of Jesus Christ, you are taking his goodness, he dwells in you, you're taking on his whole person. The one who eats my flesh and drinks my blood lives in me and I in him. John 6.56, the Holman Christian Standard Bible. The next verse shows eating the flesh and blood is powerful metaphorical language for sharing in the life. There it is. Sharing in the life, sharing in the life, sharing in the life of Jesus that bestows. So the one who feeds on me will live because of me. There it is. When you partake of God's goodness, when you said yes to Jesus Christ, not only to his blood, that everything that the blood is paid for, you are now in him and in him indeed. So let's go ahead and take our elements. It says in Luke 22:15, and then I have some other context. It's in the notes how the Gospels merge together with the communion meal along with Paul and Corinthians. And he said unto them, with desire, I have desired to eat this Passover meal with you before I suffer, before he goes to the cross. For I say unto you, I will not eat it any more thereof 
until it be fulfilled in the kingdom of God. So let's go ahead and pray first over the, the bread. Father, I thank you for this as we break bread today, that you multiplied in our body, in our life, in our mind, in our spirit, that you, we are partaking of your goodness and we remember you today that you are the good and one true God. It says in James 1.17 that you bring good and perfect gifts from your Father who has no shadow of darkness or hint of darkness in him, and you are that perfect gift that paid our sin tax. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. It says, and as they were eating, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread, and that's what we're doing now, and gave thanks that we just did, and blessed it, as we just did, and break it, and gave it to the disciples, passed it around. He says, take this, this is my body, eat, which is broken for you, which is given for you, and do this and remember it to me. So let's go and do that now. And he goes on, it says, likewise, in the same manner, after he had, had suffered, he took the cup, the representation of, of the blood of Jesus Christ. And when he had given thanks, Father, I thank you for the blood of Jesus Christ. According to Isaiah 53, that you not only beat, was brutally beaten for our peace, it says the chastisement of peace was upon you. You took that, that peace offering, but it also says by your stripes were healed. So we, we, we partake of that goodness and we thank you for that healing now in the blood of Jesus Christ. He says this again, he, he took the cup and when he had given thanks, which is like we did, he gave it to them, he passed it around the table and he said, take this, divide among yourselves. And he said unto them, for this is my blood of the New Testament or New Covenant. Okay, that's why we don't have to do blood sacrifices anymore. This cup is the New Testament in my blood which is shed for you as shed for many for the remission of sins. Do the, this do ye as oft as you drink, as, as often as you do this, in remembrance of me. Drink ye all of it. Let's go and do that now. Thank you, Father. And it goes on, Verily I say unto you, I will drink no more of this fruit of the vine until the day when I drink anew with you in the kingdom of God, in my Father's kingdom shall come. So basically, when we're resurrected in Jesus' life, we'll be able to dine at the banquet table and drink new wine in the kingdom. Philippians 4, 8, 9 says, Be careful or anxious for nothing. We need this today, understanding the peace of God. Be careful or be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, say all understanding, shall keep keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brother, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Those things which you both learned and received and heard and seen in me do, and the God of peace shall be with you. Once again, God is Jesus with you, and as he's your grace gift, 
Ephesians 2, 8, 9 says, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. And then once you receive Jesus Christ in your heart, he has that deposit of the Holy Spirit. In Ephesians 1, 12 through 14 in the NIV translation, it says, In order that we were first put our hope in Christ, when we did, when we said yes to Jesus Christ, might be for the praise of his glory. See, there's, a, there's another context there. When you accept Jesus Christ, you're into kingdom act of business. Kingdom Jesus business. The praise of his glory. And you are also included in Christ when you heard the message of the truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked with him with a seal. We're talking about the Holy Spirit now. The promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. So he gives you that Holy Spirit deposit. It says an earnest down payment, if you will, in some version of the Bible. So we need to tap into that Holy Spirit. The blood of Jesus has been applied. Now we need to apply the Holy Spirit in every walk of our lives. He says he will guide us into further truth. And James talks about wisdom. We can pray for that wisdom. In Ephesians 1 and 2, it talks about opening the eyes of our understanding. In the in-depth wisdom of God, he will do that. It's our treasure box in heaven. The Holy Spirit imparts truth, just like he's our advocate, but he also walks with it. He's our comforter, our counselor, our mighty God within us. We talked about that comforter. John 16, 13 through 14 says, How be it when he, say he, the spirit of truth is come, he will guide you into all truth, say all truth, for he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, he shall speak and show you the things to come. He shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine, and he shall show you unto you. So basically there it is. He, Jesus says, the Holy Spirit will show you and guide you. He's that taking from what everything that Jesus is and imparting it to you and showing you future truth. Jesus once again said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. That's a testimony you need to say every day of your life with boldness. 2 Corinthians 1, 2 through 3 says, Grace be to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to the Father of mercies, and the God of all, say all comfort. So stay tuned to wa watch the, the passion that what's so good about the Father uh, video, the Good Friday video. It's a good testimony to end this uh message with the power of the blood of Jesus through Mark Jenkins. Listen to it over and over. Like I said, go into the store tab. You can download the MP3s and listen to your car or wherever you go and, and, and get your, your faith built up. Energize your battery in Jesus Christ. The power of the blood of Jesus Christ. God has an amazing plan for your life today. Thank you for praying for us today. God bless you. And what I once again, thank you. Stay tuned now for further messages in God's richness, his glory, you are the pearl of great worth. God bless you. Have a great day. Good Friday. How can one describe such a day? 
the wrongdoing of all humanity, putting to an end an innocent man, the Son of God. This is the story of Jesus' death by way of a cross, all in one moment bringing death to the bright light of our future. He never stopped loving us, and yet this is the incredible part of it. Our sin stopped his heart. Our sin drove the nails firmly in the hands of God. All along, these were the plans. We told ourselves that we were in control, and this was deemed sufficient for all of us. The brutal beating, the inhuman flogging, the naked humiliation. Heaven watched and saw it all. Our rebellion, our guilt, our shame, erasing the very notion of reconciling us with God. Our sin and our debt, overcoming Jesus. Here is our King, obliterated. The enemy laughing, his plans unstoppable. There's no longer the sound of freedom rising. Now God's people are utterly broken. Behold the chains of mortality. Yes, this is what is true. We had heard the stories of old. The lost are found, the blind can see, the weak are made strong. But now we are witnesses to this reality. God is dead. We'd almost believed there is a way of redemption. There is a life of fulfillment. There is a peace beyond understanding. Now we know better. For us, we can say that God is encapsulated in this one realization. The single greatest sacrifice in human history is finished. How clearly we can see it. So what's so good about Good Friday? Just one thing, that the blood of Jesus can reverse the curse of sin and raise the dead to life. How clearly we can see it is finished. The single greatest sacrifice in human history encapsulated in this one realization. We can say that God is for us. Now we know better. There is a peace beyond understanding. There is a life of fulfillment. There is a way of redemption. We had almost believed God is dead, but now we are witnesses to this reality. The weak are made strong. The blind can see. The lost are found. We had heard the stories of old. Yes, this is what is true. The chains of mortality utterly broken. Behold, freedom rising. Now God's people are unstoppable. There's no longer the sound of the enemy laughing. His plans obliterated. Here is our King, Jesus, overcoming our sin and our debt, reconciling us with God, erasing the very notion of our rebellion, our guilt, our shame. Heaven watched and saw it all, the naked humiliation, the inhuman flogging, the brutal beating, and this was deemed sufficient for all of us. We told ourselves that we were in control. All along, these were the plans firmly in the hands of God. 
Our sin drove the nails. Our sin stopped his heart. And yet, this is the incredible part of it. He never stopped loving us. The bright light of our future all in one moment, bringing death to death by way of a cross. This is the story of Jesus, the Son of God, an innocent man putting to an end the wrongdoing of all humanity. How can one describe such a day? Good Friday. in the valley, in the crowded streets, 
or the empty desert. In our hope and in our waiting, we are never alone.